0: Hey everybody, this is Dan. Welcome to episode 115 of Eventually Super Train. I'm your main host, and this is a short-lived TV show podcast, covering three shows at a time, one episode at a time. We cover the short-lived TV shows that never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. In this episode, we are covering Search, episode 16, with Mitchell Hadley and myself. Kolchak, episode 7, with Tim Turner and myself. And, sadly, the 14th and final episode of the live-action Planet of the Apes with Amy the Conqueror and moi. So let's dive on in. This is a bit of a lengthy episode. It always seems to be whenever we get a first or last episode of something. So let me dive right in. Here's a little bit of the search theme. Search episode 16, Countdown to Panic, February 7th, 1973. Let's see, this one is directed by Jerry Jameson, written by Judy Burns, and this one is about um, basically three uh, divers come back from an sort of an experimental um, undersea adventure, and they've all got a virus, and it kills two of them, and the other one who is not getting sick believes that it's a government hoax, And they're trying to keep him there and they're trying to vaccinate him and and all this, that, and the other. But he escapes, believing, escapes quarantine, believing that it's all a lie. And um, there's some sort of conspiracy going on. And he breaks out and begins infecting other people and causing this virus to spread. And Lockwood, who's a friend, is sent to bring him back. Listen to a little burst of music. Mitchell and I are on the other side. Countdown to Panic, episode 16 of search, we are getting up there. We still have a bunch of episodes left, everyone. And I'm here to discuss this this one with a great Mitchell Hadley. How are you, Mitchell?
1: I'm <laughs> well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing
0: okay. Let's let's dive right in. Let's not let's not goof around.
1: Okay, what did you think of this handy. episode?
0: Let's not, <laughs> yeah, precisely. Well, wh- Don't panic. One Don't
1: panic. of the Don't things panic. I, I love. Towel. One of the things I love about classic television is that it allows you to escape the stress and strain of everyday life. And (laughs) in this kind of high anxiety world that we live in today, there is nothing I like better than to turn on the TV and escape from all the things that are going on, and, oh, wait just a minute, this is about a killer virus that's threatening to infect the entire world. And... They'd better find out where it came from and if it's been mm-hmm. released by a yes. laboratory. And oh boy, is it? Uh, is there time to turn over to something else? <laughs> yes,
0: yes. I'll, I'll let you keep going. I was, I was. That's what I was going to say. But you keep going. What? what <laughs> I would, I would actually like to to say because this, this is, this is. Uh, and you, you can ignore this question or not. But do you think if you had seen this episode? Two or three years ago, <clears throat> would you have ha, have watched it differently than you do right now?
1: I have to think I would have. Um, you know, it, it would have reminded me of, um, of of some other sci-fi things like that. Uh, what's the one that Michael Crichton? A Andromeda strain? strain. Yeah, I probably would have thought of the Andromeda strain more than I would have the um, CBS Evening six News, six o'clock news. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it causes you to look at this. Episode in a different way, invariably. And um, whereas I often make a big deal about how you have to watch an episode in the context of when it was made, this is a rare example of when you watch an episode in the context of when you're viewing it some, you know, what, 40. 50 years later
0: close to 50 yeah yeah, 49 yeah and
1: it's uh it is it's absolutely fascinating from that standpoint Mm -hmm. because so much of it in ways parallels what we think about today what we see what's going on you've got Mm -hmm. uh, you've got this this lethal virus there's no apparent treatment for it at least nothing that they can figure out right away and you've got A man on the loose, Ed Nelson, who is going around infecting people, not intentionally, but they're getting infected as a result of it. He's... Paranoid now as one of the side effects of it, and th- you have the potential for what they refer to as an epidemic. They would refer to it today as a pandemic, but I think all of us understand it as an epidemic. That's kind of how I think of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it it really is is a very interesting take on on um, what's going on today. So I found it to be a very impressive. Episode. I, I, uh, maybe we would have looked at it uh, back then and thought, Oh, come on or this or that, or surely they could mm-hmm. have invented something that would have come up that would have inoculated people against this. But when you watch it in the shadow of everything that's going on, it turns out to be a pretty disturbing episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, it. I, I completely, Completely forgot that this episode was here and when it starts and it begins with a, with a paranoid guy who, who um, doesn't think he's infected going out and accidentally infecting people I mean there's the moment where the, um, the head scientist you know, say, you know when Lockwood tries to talk him says you know ask him what the scientist was doing he said well I've just been trying to save the life of the nurse he infected yep. she just died and you know and they mention that he's been infecting other people and, and then he gets to other people to help him who think who agree who who like who he's paranoid and says, No, everything's, you know, fine and you know, or, you know, what did they do to me? I'm I wanna know. And and he gets other people to help him do some crazy things. And 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 they're all trying to find him and Lockwood is trying to be this this calm center and then he ends up having a bomb explode right next to him, some lockers in an in an airport. And it's just um it's it's I I kept having to think. All right, how well, I first saw this episode like maybe seven years ago, how would I have watched it? I think I would have watched it as a standard sort of this guy's infected and we got to catch him mm-hmm. kind of thing. But now it it has much more of a like like you said like we don't know where the virus is from. We learn sort of we we I I don't think we'll say exactly what the ending is, but we I will say that we do learn where it's from yes. and why why it's happened the way it's happened in the end and um but we won't we won't spoil that you guys can can find that out but there's a bit of um it does it does feel very <laughs> it feels a little too it was a little too close to home yes. <laughs> and when i was watching it it was like it was like i was enjoying it but at the same time there were moments when i was like i was like mr nelson i know you're you're worried and you're scared but, maybe just let him examine you a little bit. I don't know. I'm worried that you're that we know you're hurting people. you don't mean to, but please go back nope. and it was just it nope. it, it got tricky because Lockwood's his friend trying to help him and his, he's trying to help his wife and everything, and he's got this crazy guy shooting us over over his head in a bridge and stuff like that, and you're just like and and the, and like there's a government guy mm-hmm. in this one who kind of kind of um Lockwood can sass him. But he can sort of only sass him as long as the government guy allows the sass, and 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 it's it's um it's it's not like you know breakout or something like that. But it's 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 a it's a, it's actually a it's a, again like more or less like the last two episodes, and we can discuss the similarity of not that they're all about viruses and things, but the similarity <laughs> of the 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 way these stories begin. Um later on at the at the end of our discussion here, but there is there is something uh, again, it's I think it's another sharply done episode, and there there is really a feeling and be, because of what's happening today, there is really a feeling of like uh, anxiety yes,
1: and real as urgency. I was
0: watching the episode yeah, 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 when they say like, well, he's infected some people here and you're like, okay, well, catch him please you know and and the thing is you know the difference between like nowadays you know you got to get your you get your updates on the news every morning don't go on social media and do it try to find somewhere you trust (laughs) to get you don't 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 go on social media um but 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 the one good thing about the search episode is like i've got a plane right here and um it's the first episode where lockwood's giving the government guy some sass it's only nine minutes in so i know in 40 minutes the day will be saved Yeah, and that's the good thing about it being an episode is when I get to those moments where like I can't handle it anymore. (laughs) Like ten more minutes, I could do this, but but I know I didn't watch the episode like that previously. This this is the first time I watched the episode in two years. Previously, when I watched the episode, this was this was almost no different from two episodes ago where Ed Bain there gets shot, a variation of that.
1: Yeah, as a um, matter but, but of fact, the, I'm glad that uh, that Ed Nelson uh, that Ed Nelson didn't uh, didn't run into Dan Clark because they oh were two of a kind in uh, yeah in this. <laughs> yes, they
0: are. And would that have been funny if they just had a moment where, like, the two of them, like, um, what's that great moment in Hot Shots Part Two oh. where uh, Charlie Sheen is on the boat? Yes and yes. he passes Martin Sheet on the boat <laughs> and they both look at each other and go, I loved you in that movie. And then they keep on going, I would have loved the moment where the two of them just ran by each other. They stopped, they looked at each other, and then just kept on going. Uh-huh. Running.
1: That would've been And then
0: maybe that would've been fun. That that would have been the search of we would have done yes. it. Um that's we, we're putting our time machine together, folks. We're gonna go back and tweak the shows. <laughs> and we're gonna tweak those W Hermano shows and Burb Should be don't you it. worry. You know. We, we we did that. That one with the boys prison or whatever, uh, that one's going in the yeah, trash. Yeah. <laughs> that one ain't surviving.
1: Yeah. Um, you deserve um, better than that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so what I'd like to do with this chat, is let, yeah, let's talk more about the episode, episode itself, and then I'd like to go on um, at the end and talk about having the control room again. Okay. What we think of having the control room again. And then our thoughts of the last three episodes which has kind of been almost a trilogy in a way um, of Personal stories. I mean, this one again is um, probe doesn't have a case really in the beginning. This guy, as the, the 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 vessel he went down on was like probe owned or somehow probe controlled or something like that. And they, you know, they tell Lockwood he's your friend. He's escaped. Find yeah. him. And so it becomes a probe thing, sort. But it, but again, it becomes a not like a regular probe case where you know they get the information on the screens. Here's what you have to do. This is. I mean, even when it begins, it, it isn't a scene in the control room with everyone sitting in their seats. It's literally it's 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 Cam, it's Lockwood, and another guy standing there discussing what needs to be done.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: So this is very different. Very different.
1: All thing. three of them uh, have an immense amount of knowledge compared to what they would ordinarily have coming into the average case. They they have a background. They have a personal investment in it. They have an understanding of the people that they're working with where they can either say, the you know, the, the Ed Bain I know wouldn't do that or something like that. Yes. But they do have that insight. Now, now, in this case, again, I think a strong part of of the episode is that despite the fact that Lockwood is a friend of of um, Ed Nelson's character, whose name escapes me at the moment, but say, Mary we can just call him. Yeah, Ed, that's that works for me. I saw a movie that he was in last night. He went by the name Edwin. Oh yeah. Oh, which one? What was uh, it? The uh, The Brain Eaters.
0: Oh, fun! Yeah, with the little. Um... The, the little shoe-like uh, monsters. Yes. And the,
1: yes uh,
0: the thing. Oh, that's fun. Yep,
1: the mads yeah. were riffing it last night from. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. It was. Oh, wow. It was. A lo- it was a lot of fun. But... Was,
0: was it? Wasn't that the one that like ripped off, like a Heinlein yes, novel yes, or something uh, like that? Fantasy, yes. the Puppet, puppet Master. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they use like Stravinsky music throughout it or something yeah, like all that. Yeah. Classical I, I mean, I music. The
1: brilliant score. Those.
0: Was... Yeah. Yeah. Thank
1: you, guys. <laughs> it was a fun Brilliant score, by...
0: Brilliant score. is uh, L. Beethoven yeah. wrote it. I don't know who that is. He was a I even stock I music could hear, guy. I,
1: could, I thought I could hear a bit of uh, Wagner in Tristan and Isolde in it. It was used <laughs> to very effective uh, well, in that. But um, anyway, I, I died. Anyway, anyway, I've led myself off into a black hole. But it was, <laughs> it was a good – it was fun. If you like those kinds of movies, if you like it's the ads r- from the Mystery r- Science Theater, it was a great – Great evening to watch it. I think that the thing about this episode is that uh, even though Lockwood does have this personal investment, he realizes that this is a much bigger picture, and yes. he knows that uh, whether Ed Nelson's character is a friend or not, and whether you you know after you've got got the the assassin taking him out, yes. maybe mm-hmm. you've got. You, he's still got a job to do, and he doesn't have any time to think about the importance of of his friend or his friend's feelings or what their relationship is going to be like. He's looking at this this pandemic situation, and he understands the the enormity, the severity of the situation, and he wants to. Get to the bottom of it. And every time he peels off a layer of the onion, it seems like there's something else underneath. He's not getting told everything. A probe is holding out on him. Um, Mm -hmm. The the head of the project, uh, Howard Duff, and by the way, that's another thing about this episode, has a very strong supporting cast it does. ed nelson howard duff and honey west herself
0: please i was going to say ms ann francis yeah. ladies and gentlemen yeah. who was in a much better sci-fi movie from the 50s 60s forbidden planet yeah. but um but uh you know brain eater still has its charms mm. though ed i don't want to uh, put you down <laughs> but, although he she, she i think her outfit is probably much nicer to look at than yours ed i forget what you wear in the movie
1: but <laughs> I think you're right. Though.
0: I'm thinking of Leslie Nielsen and her and, and, and the seats
1: together. Oh, see how we get off on these kinds of things, folks. <laughs> well, you, you ought to hear what goes on before the show? We actually, we actually take about two or three hours before we get.
0: <laughs> we, we we you know what? If if we had the time, we would. Yeah. we would.
1: All I can say is I'm glad long distance is free nowadays. But oh yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I can sit here, and I can look at Mitchell all evening, and it's free. And yet, if we had done this 20, 30 years ago over the phone, how much would it oh, have cost
1: us? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I you, you certainly could not have afforded me as a guest if that was what we no, were no No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Podcast? What's that? Podcast? What? Yeah.
0: Um, so it would just be transcripts. I just send transcripts yes. to every one of our discussions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What were we talking about? Um, I forgot. Uh, something great, he was,
1: um, something great. He's a friend of. He's a friend of. Boston, yes. Oh, but, yes, yes, yes. And yes. Honey West, and all. It, it's a very. It's a very strong cast, and it's a very tight mm-hmm. story too, because it's filled yeah. with ambiguity and and mystery, and even after you get. The resolution at the end, and I'm not going to expose that either. But what I will say is that after I saw how it ended, I could imagine two or three different ways that it could have ended, where yeah. where um, some of the characters are not as honest as they may seem. You could have had foreign spies, intrigue, espionage. It really had... A number of different ways that, that it could have gone, but the way that it did go worked out very well.
0: Yeah, I mean, they could have doubled the length, made it a feature length yep. thing, and I, th- I think it would, it, would, it would have worked, too. Um, I will say there's one guy in it, the um, uh, the, the head scientist, Mr. Duff there. Mm-hmm. Not him, not him, but there's a scene where he meets up with the other scientist who talks with Lockwood and Cam in the beginning, and then there's another scientist with a mustache, Who's younger Than the other two Yep. And there's a scene where Lockwood goes to talk to the three of them The younger guy is in a movie called A Scream in the Streets Which was made around the same time He plays a cop And I actually just watched A Scream in the Streets For the first time in ages last night On Blu-ray And he, he plays a cop And they're after a transvestite killer <laughs> who, is, who is running through the parks of LA Killing women and it's one of those great Harry Novak, super cheap exploitation films that purports to be a, there's another film called Booby Trap that does the same thing, that purports to be a like tough cop kind of thing. And Booby Trap is about this Vietnam vet who keeps building bombs and blowing people up, but they're really TNA films.
1: <laughs> and, and
0: so you start watching them and you're like all right this is pretty tough the funky music and they're driving around they're going and then all of a sudden you watch like a soft core scene for like five minutes and you're like what the hell just happened where am i right now what's going <laughs> on it's such a screwball film but he i was sat there last night watching it going wait a minute that guy where do i know that guy from and then i put this on today and i was like oh, he's in this episode, and he is in the third season of B.J. and the Bear, which is not a naughty Harry, Harry Novak film. It's a TV show about a trucker and a chimp. Um, it's um, uh, He's in the third season of B.J. and the Bear. When B.J. settles down in L.A., I forget the actor's name. There's like a head cop bad guy. He's the deputy of the head cop bad guy in the third season of B.J. and the Bear. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And one of his earliest roles was a scream in the streets. Well, there you go, and there you go, and and so it's like every time I see him, I'm like, "Yeah." So, uh, so sorry, that was a little tangent. That was I don't know what the actor's name is. I didn't look it up, but for you, scream in the streets fans, Harry Novak, something weird video fans,
1: <laughs> there's
0: there's a prominent actor from Scream in the Streets. He's the one who drives the car with the other cop throughout the movie. Ah, Scream in the Streets. So, uh, but that that was a little tangent. I'm sorry that ruined what you were saying, which was much more important than my little. Oh, we were talking about the cast, weren't we?
1: Yes, or... a terrific cast. Um, mm-hmm. Tight episode. Lots uh, of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah there, there's also another scene that I I really liked where <clears throat> where um, Lockwood is in there with Howard Duff's character and the head of Probe. Yes, and and they kind of give him, you know, this Lockwood, you know, stop, stop digging into this or you're off the case or so You're out of, you're, 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 replaceable. you're off the yeah, payroll. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he says uh, something about how it was a good thing that he's independently wealthy, which, <laughs> which, you know, kind of confirms an aura that he's given off from the very beginning and mm-hmm. then in a scene very shortly after that, you see Lockwood driving around, and he's driving a Mercedes, And um, which I think particularly in the early 70s, if you're driving a Mercedes, it's kind of like shorthand for having money. It sends yes. the message across. And if you wanted to back up Lockwood's assertion that he had money, um mm-hmm. Then that was a brilliant way to do it.
0: And and there's something too about Lockwood having. Why is he such Why is he such a good probe agent? Because uh, unlike some other probe agents who may like like um like Bane, you know, who has a wife and a daughter, Lockwood he's he's got some cash, and so so he's having fun. You know, it's kind of one of those things where he's out having fun. He's enjoying himself when he's out doing this, and if he 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 breaks some rules. Screw the rules. Who cares? Who cares? But I I do like that when he says that, because that's kind of a fun... And I have noticed that in this episode, Lockwood seems to not understand, or maybe it's just a cool guy thing, how brakes work, in that you can apply brakes before you immediately have to stop. (laughs) You know, if you know you're pulling up to a house and the house is 40 feet away, feel free to tap those brakes before you get right up in front of the house, because they're like... Every like at the airport pulling up in front of the house, um uh that 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 that, that uh, Ed and Ann live in. Every time he stops the car, it's and smoke flooding everywhere and it's like whew. I don't know, is that a, that's not a rented car, is it? Or he must go through a lot of tires.
1: I think he does. <laughs> yes.
0: There's there's something I mean, like he uh does this he, he in a car chase in this? I forget. I think I might be thinking of the last one. Yeah, I
1: don't think that he is.
0: Because this has more squealing tires in it for an episode that doesn't have a car chase than any episode of television I can think of. I mean, think of your episode, average episode of Rockford Files. Usually each one has a three or four minute car chase. Squealing tires for three or four minutes. This has as many squealing tires, but there's no car chase. It's just the way Lockwood drives when he when he pulls off from the parking spot screech when he parks screech when he goes out of the car to screech that's just the way he goes i'd love to see a scene with like him in the car with bianca or something where bianca's like do you have to do that can you can i show you how to park a car please uh so um what, what else do you have on this one i um, le- um now we talked we talked did we talk about yeah we talked about our th- my do we talk we talked about my theory behind why they're in the room
1: mm-hmm.
0: why do you think why do you think they're do you do you think it's they've really just had to sell off the other half of the room you're still thinking that one well I, that's okay yeah for
1: i'm i I'm still wondering if that's the uh, – you know did they get all the money back from uh the Swiss mm. bank account I'm not sure oh maybe
0: yeah maybe they're still yeah hmm yeah, maybe, I mean, when, when we when we do first see them, it's just the three of them in the room, so maybe it's like we're closing down the room, but then this came in, and it's like, okay, well, we want to keep it secret, so we'll do it in the basement room, not in the big room. I'm making this up, but this could be, this is my explanation for why they're in this Not bad, not bad. St- st- stinky little room. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there is again at the at the end of all. And can I just say there there are a couple moments in this. This is the one that has. They had a crane in this one, and they they have it in other episodes. But there's there's a great shot where he Lockwood goes to talk to this coach who owns the gun that shot at Ed Nelson, and the camera begins in a tree, looking down at someone on a trampoline, and you could see behind them <coughs> Lockwood in his. You know his turtleneck and his jacket with the um, locket around his, his neck talking to someone and then the camera like swoops around the tree past the trampoline down to them as they're talking that's a really sort of elegant shot and one that would probably have taken a bit of time to set up and then there is another moment in this right at the end when the bomb goes off in the locker where the camera is in that sort of fixed position it's been in for the past three episodes, in, in the And all of a sudden, the moment the alarms go off, the camera suddenly sort of goes up in the air above the woman in the foreground and over uh, Cam. Just, it's a brief shot. But it's just like for a second, it's like, whoa! Okay, they can move. All right. They were just saving it. They were saving it for a, for a moment like this. So, um,. Yeah, I prefer the old room, of course, the the dark, nicely lit, fun to look at room, rather than the we're in the corner Burgess Meredith's garage room. But you gotta take what you can take. No, that's right. and, uh, oh, and and let me um, I would actually like to put forward my theory. Yes. Um, after we, well, well, let's um, let I'll put forward my theory, and then we'll just discuss how cool it is that we've had these three episodes have had kind of the same theme going okay. through it, and then we'll, we'll we'll cover any final ground, and then and then get on our way. Um I I think what it is is I, what I have read and I know uh the great podcast Forgotten TV uh did an episode on Leslie Stevens um recently um and uh i probably cover this in great detail but what I've read is that Mr. Stevens um halfway through the series I don't know did you did you read this Mitchell have you have you heard this does this mm. sound familiar
1: this No story? it doesn't
0: Okay, halfway through, halfway about halfway through the series, as he was doing the series, I don't know if it was because the ratings weren't great, or just because he was feeling very creative, he pitched a show to another network. Hmm. And the network that Searchers on found out about it and canceled the show immediately. They were like, "You don't, you don't do something like that. That's not, you know, that's not that's that's dirty pool." And um. And so what happened was they canceled the show. And this was about halfway through the show, the season. But what happened was all the contracts and everything were already signed for the rest of the season. So they had already signed up for a full season. So even the, I think his, his name, Mr. Stevens' name is on it, but I think a lot of the episodes, and I don't fully quote me on this, but a lot of the episodes in that control room, are when he kind of wasn't really with the show anymore.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: And what ha- what happened was now he could have been there more than I've been led to believe from what I've read. They could have just said, "Okay, you stay on and sort of monitor it." But so so what happened was they couldn't they couldn't stop the show from finishing the season because all the contracts were in sure. place and signed and everything was going. But they sort of cut the budget a bit, and that's why we go to the small control room. And um, uh, they they cut. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, the thing with these three episodes in the small control room, the there's to me quality wise, there's no difference. No. From the earlier You're episodes. Right. So so there's there's something about it where it's like I, I, I try to get I try to get around in my mind where it's like, okay, this show is canceled. Uh, we can't cancel it. Um, we have to let them finish the season. You know, and another nine, ten episodes or something like that. Okay and I don't know if it was because Mr. Stevens was still there, or whether the people he was working with like loved the show and kept up the quality. Because you would think that it would so sort of go all W. Hermanos. Yes. The moment the moment the creator left, you think it would be like okay, let's churn these out. But these last three episodes have been anything but churned out.
1: They've been very good. There's yes. so,
0: there've been some, and I, I would maybe call one or two of them probably uh, close to being some of the best we've seen so far, and. Um, so, so there's kind of an interesting thing where I think when we see the chintzy control room, that is we fired Leslie Stevens and these are the episodes that we are contractually obligated to make. But someone, maybe Mr. Stevens, is keeping the quality up, which is interesting and and I'm so grateful. Because the first time I watched this, and they uh, when, back on Warner Archive Incident, seven or eight years ago, I noted that they were not in the same control room, but I didn't think anything about it. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe they had the control room only for a few episodes, and they had to get rid of it. But it didn't occur to me that, no, the budget's been slashed a bit, and that's why they have a smaller control room. Um, and yet, but yet the quality of everything is still very high. It is. So, so, so I think... And if if you're listening, and I'm I'm wrong, uh, tell me. But I think that's what happened. They fired Leslie Stevens, and either because of contracts, he was still there, or whoever whoever took over was still was keeping up the quality. So I don't think the quality is going to dip as we go. But we're going to see a lot of that chintzy control room, whether we like it or not. Well, so I think that's what's happening.
1: I if uh, as as you suggest if what we have to take in return for um having good well-written exciting episodes is a chintzy control room i'll take it
0: yeah same here i mean because i think i can justify it probably for every episode yep.
1: you've done pretty well so, so far
0: so far i think i'm three for three so far. <laughs> and we were, uh, and, uh, but, yeah, so, so that's kind of what happened here, which, which is interesting because normally, you know, you get rid of the main guy. I mean, all I can think of is, like, say, like Rod Serling not, or, or no, what Rod Serling, who was the, who was the producer of the early 12, Buck Houghton, yes. is that the right yes. name? Yes. Yes. And he left after three
1: seasons. I want to say I three, think? yes.
0: And then the fourth one was the hour-long one, and then the fifth one was the one where it started with, like, one producer and, and then it, another, another one yep, took over. Yeah, and, and with each producer, it seemed like they understood less and less what the show yep. was about. Yep. Not that there were good episodes. But there
1: were some questionable decisions on um, content, on picking stories, and yes. uh, you're right, kind of a sense that, 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 you know, Houghton had been with it from the beginning. He,
0: and he knew what he Rod did. was up to.
1: He did. He knew the Twilight Zone, uh, and um, uh, in a way that that his successors didn't.
0: No, no. Bert Garnett. Does yes. that sound right? Does yes. that sound like yes? Yes. And and, and there, there, there's Frog also th-
1: something like yeah. yes.
0: Frog F R O G. Yes. He was the last mm-hmm. one. Like the last twelve episodes, like the Bewitching Pool, and um, the one, the second one with the dummy. Uh,
1: the, the one, one with Cliff Robertson.
0: Good. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and he they were the one who did the brought uh, um current at Owl Creek Bridge and bought bought the yeah. rights to to that on board. Yeah, that's and and that's sort of that's sort of when I when I think of you lose the main producer who seems to know what's going on. That sort of thing that happens. Like I enjoy the fourth season of Twilight Zone, but it gets a little iffy. Mm-hmm. And the fifth season, I mean, in Praise of Pip is a great episode. Nightmare at twenty uh, whatever feet they're at. Great episode, but there are also some that are, frankly,
1: stinkers. Yeah, yep, yeah. and by Man. their own admission too.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, and and so, but but the thing is, like, if these three episodes are them working at a bit of a handicap, boy, we're going pretty good mm-hmm. here. I think. I mean, this is a handicap. You know, this is like this is like like listen to a band that you love and they lose a member. And you think, how is this going to be any good? And then you listen to the next album and go, hey, they're, they're keeping it together. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's really what this feels like. Because let, let's, let's go right into this and then we'll wrap it up. Like, what, what do you think of be, I mean, just, just the last three episodes having this theme of, I mean, none of them begin as regular probe stories. Right. All of them have a slightly different way. The first one is someone else's story that Bianco joins at the end. The other one is no story that Grover turns them on to. And this one is they come to him and say, we can't tell anyone about this one, but you need to do this. And the variety, just the variety of it, if this is the point where Leslie, where the show's been slightly uh, crippled a bit, um, just the just the variety of it makes me think that someone there, if it isn't Mister Stevens, is on it creatively. What did you? I mean, just mm-hmm. overall, the last three episodes, like, <clears throat> well, I think what what do you? I
1: thought it was it, w- it was very interesting that you've got this kind of thematic thing running through that they all have a personal connection to their clients, and um, as I say, it it does. It does not interfere with the episode in the way that it does so many times where you see um a character begin to act out of character because they're not able yes. to separate themselves from what's going on and i um I just saw an episode of uh the Rat Patrol the other night oh, where God. where something like that happens where you've got a character the, who is behaving clearly under the influence of his own personal involvement in the series and that's not what's happening here which i think is very strong i hope that it does not become a habit that you only see Mm -hmm. cases that they get involved in i don't think so if i remember correctly And, and so if if I'm of you are watching these for the first time that's what I'm hoping but I am also acknowledging that they do it about as well as a series can when it because that can very easily become a cliche if you're not yes. careful and they are yeah. pretty careful about it and the shows have have all had a real time element an element of of urgency mm yes and the, which i think is 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 really good and especially in that last one because the virus and they don't they don't touch on this yes. but the fact is this virus could have uh, it, it on on the macro level it can affect the entire world but on the micro level those people in probe control could catch it and yes. and they 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 are intimately involved in this drama in a way that they wouldn't mm. ordinarily be and so when Lockwood is getting blown up at the airport or something like yeah. that, and they, they they react to it, that's not just because he is one of them, and he's fighting for the company he's fighting for them as individuals as well. Yes, and yes. that's really good. And it, previously, Grover is trying to prevent a an economic catastrophe. And yes. and surely we joke about the um, the the <laughs> unemployment there that they were laid off, and that's why you have such a small group. But, <laughs> but surely there are in in, uh, in their situation where they their most of their clients are presumably big money important international clients yes. yeah. you're looking at something that can affect them there and in yeah. in that sense the one that is the least of the three is the first one with bianco but mm-hmm. that one is the most personal for all of them because it's yes. one of them Being involved in it Not just Bianco But Bane It's it's one of their own Who's suffering through this And
0: And the fact that it takes place Over like five or six hours
1: And that in the back of their mind They know they're to blame for it Yes So I think Three thematic ones That would have made If you were yeah, if this had been a long-running series like Doctor Who, where you do sometimes theme uh, DVD yes. sets, like uh, here's a Dalek oh, yeah, set, yeah. things like that, you mm-hmm. could easily pair these up as a trilogy that are united by by a a thread of a theme, but each one of mm-hmm. them does a little something different with it. Different, yes. But, yes tweaks it just a bit. And yet yeah. they all are consistently good in the way that they handle yeah. it.
0: Yes, yes. And it's... <clears throat> Like I said, when I first watched this back in 2014, I I just watched it thinking I'd have the same with like when I watched Harry O. I thought, okay, this'll just be fun. But I really got into it and I really enjoyed yep. it. And when I hit this batch of episodes, which is a little past the middle of the series, I I was like, wow, okay. That's that's kind of cool that they um they sort of stopped the regular way they do the episodes to do three very different type of episodes. I mean, in the end, they're all excitement, and there's explosions, and there's chases and shooting and all this kind of stuff and punching. Um, But in the end, I like that it's... I was actually going to refer to the show uh, Gemini Man, the Invisible Man show with Ben Murphy, because the first episodes of that that aired on the network, which is like the first five or six, most of those episodes are more not quite personal, but, but kind of more personal. They're about people from the Intersect Corporation generally doing naughty things. And, and Ben Murphy's character, Sam, trying to, having to stop them. And there's something fun about that because you don't see that a lot in 70 no. shows. 70 shows are basically, they're almost, they're almost anthology like a lot of times. You have your two or three or four main characters and then everything else comes in. An episode, and then they're gone for the next one. This I love. I love the personal feeling of the of these three episodes. I love the fact that they're all slightly different. I love the fact that I am able to justify well why they're in the Chintzy Room for each of the three yep. of them. That makes me happy. Um, and I like the fact that I think they're good to great television. too. Yes. and I, f- I feel bad that more people weren't watching
1: this. Well, you know, I, um, looked up something before we started that, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but you know, if, if this show had been on today, if, if things had remained the same, and of course they wouldn't have, but this would be the fifth (laughs) or sixth highest rated show on television. Oh yeah, sure. That's how fragmented things have become. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you would like to think that this might have been the kind of show that could have gotten a cult audience, and if it had been canceled after its first year by NBC, maybe it would have wound up on Sci-Fi. Maybe it would have been on a, on another station. That would have been fun. It's it's you
0: think it would have been. I mean, considering the fact that, like, say, The Immortal, the Christopher yeah. George show, that got shown on Sci-Fi. That's until the DVD set came out. I was watching Sci-Fi airings of that, I like The Immortal. But the Immortal isn't as good as Search. I, I haven't watched The Immortal since I covered it, and um, I will probably watch Search again after we're done covering it because I think it's I think it's a sharp, well-written, intelligent, um, well put together show, and it just like like we said here, it's got the variation. Which is what you need in a show Mm -hmm. like this.
1: And one of the Um, things that I, I make a point of when I'm writing about classic TV is that there are some shows that are really great to watch. And then there are shows that I classify as being fun. Now, they may be great. They may not be great, but they're fun. And and that's yeah. that's it's different in a way even from being entertaining. Some, um, <laughs> because some I wouldn't say that the fugitive, for example, is fun. It's it's, no, it's yeah, terrific. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that a variety show like Ed Sullivan is fun. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. but this is one of those shows and I would I would put a lot of the old Warner's shows like a sunset strip yeah. in the same category doesn't matter if they are good or not in terms of quality or anything like that they're fun to watch now this show yes. is good quality but it is most of all it's fun
0: and i mean just just think about the last 3 just overall the the three the three episodes ago with bane that was we're joining the last 6 hours of a very intensive um, trying to stop smugglers taking gold, yes. and it all takes place at night, and there's a wounded probe agent stumbling around Los Angeles. I don't know where I he's stumbling I always kind of assume let
1: me that it is, but...
0: It was looks like it's
1: very misty.
0: Mm-hmm. I realized too. I forgot to mention that in the episodes. One of the weird things is when they cut from the control room, which is lit like a like a fifth grade classroom, then they they cut to like um, Ed Bain stumbling along the street. It's all misty. I'm I'm not saying it's like John Carpenter's The Fog, misty, and you're going to get a, a hooked. Sailor you know hook handed sailor coming out of there and ripping hell hellbrook apart, but you're you just like it's it's misty and it's creepy, and it all takes place at night and and it has this this because it's all at night, it has this push to it where where you you feel it and you're watching like this 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 needs to be. We we know that like the the boat leaves at like five a.m. or something or is it six a.m. I forget. Let's say five a.m. You know, and we know it leaves by them, and we know we have to find out where the boat is and where they are because we're not the da- When the daughter goes on the boat, she's going to get killed. So we have to get her and we have to get Ed. And then the episode with Grover is this wonderful sort of what the hell is going on with the Swiss bank account and all these people and they're trying to run me over and cars are blowing up and all this craziness is happening and then this one is the there's this infected man and he's running around and it's just, each one has a different a different not not tone, but sort of different um, well, almost um, sort of a different it's up to something a little different and it's not and it's it's really quite good, and and you get these moments like the the moment with the exploding locker, yeah i just I just saw that on the t v here so so it's basically um Lockwood is uh Ed Nelson is in the airport, and uh the other scientists are in there, and Ed Nelson is trying to take the manga Howard Duff hostage, and Lockwood is in the airport trying to figure out what's going on, and I forget if he sees Ed Nelson or what it is, and he begins to run along the run along the airport like along the first floor, and he's just in one continuous shot, you see, presumably a stunt man, running as fast as he can. He runs by like a, a group of lockers. Halfway across the lockers explode in one shot and he goes flying through the air and it's like, whoa, and it's, it's just like wow, wow that was that was nice that was really nice And you
1: nice. know then there's the moment afterwards when the other doctors are working on him and he asks where Duff's character is and they, they say well he's up there by the phone and they all look and he's gone oh, and it, then, yes. that's that when the light bulb goes on and Lockwood realizes wait a minute this explosion wasn't supposed to kill anybody it was just a distraction
0: Yes, I wasn't supposed to be running in yep. front of that at top speed, trying to look cool. Yeah, and it's, it's. I, I, I think I, I think what I'm saying about search at this point, folks. Sixteen episodes and we have seven oh. left. Does that sound right? Yes. <laughs> um, is that? I don't think we've had a bad episode of the show yet. No, we've had we've had we've had one or two that aren't quite as strong as the others, um, but. Um, the best ones have been really good and the and the worst go ahead oh oh i was gonna say and the worst ones have been quite good
1: and the times so, when we nitpick on them it's mostly out of affection and it's hardly ever yes. out of something that has hurt the story
0: yes yes i mean like when when we talk the the um uh, uh, bane um, clobbering mm, yes. uh, uh, Bianco in the hotel room. That that okay. Maybe that was a little slip up <laughs> story wise, character wise. <laughs> but we're not gonna. We're not. You're not gonna. Uh, forgive me, damn an episode for for one moment where clearly the writers are like, okay, he has to sneak out again. You know, and what do we do? Just have this happen. You know, and, yeah. and sometimes sometimes you go the quickest route. Hey, I do that all the time when I work. You go sometimes you go the quickest route to get something done, and and i'm actually like really excited to see cuz i don't think the next ones are going to be the personal ones i think we're going back to um standard cases um so i'm 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 excited to see where we go from here because i, I could probably look at the episode titles and remember but i never remember these episodes until we watch them again which is yes, a good it thing is.
1: makes it fun
0: <laughs> yes so do you, anything I else on this?
1: i think that uh i i um would would say two things. One for those of you who are listening, who may have the set, may be inspired to get the the series, or or that you're watching along. Try to watch these last three series. I don't know if you binge watch, but try to watch them. Less, yes, in yeah. a in at least over a weekend. And number yes. two. If you if uh, if you're bothered by the news and you're worried about things that are going on, don't watch this episode right now. Yes. Or make sure you've got a stiff drink with you when yes. you do.
0: Yes, yes. Or 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 try to if you can put yourself back to 2018.
1: Yes. Or so, so. Or take um, heart that um, uh, everything turned out all right.
0: Everything turns out okay in the end. It's a, it's a little sad, um, but that's I'm not gonna g- go more on that. Um, and and I'll ju- I'll just end the episode with saying that at the very end of it, the 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 final scene is more or less um, Cam and Lockwood in an empty in that empty control room, and Cam is like he's at one of those computers with the big reels on it, and he's adjusting something on it. And I thought <laughs> Cam, you don't know what you're doing there. You're just trying to look cool for Lockwood. <laughs> because <laughs> those are normally way in the back in the big room those are way in the back and they're probably people we don't even see back there but um, uh, but but it's um, yeah I, I, I would say if, if you get to these three episodes everyone and I guess we should have told you this at the beginning of the 24 karat hit watch these three like I would say maybe like like a Friday Saturday Sunday night
1: Yeah, that would work like
0: like, like Watch, watch one Friday, watch one Saturday, and when you get to the end of the Sunday, you'll see sort of the the themes of them and everything, and they're really, it's really quite good. <laughs> so I'll just will just stop talking there and say, Mitchell, where can we find you online?
1: You can find me at TV dot com. Join me for some fun with classic television. You'll enjoy it. I do. I do too. Thanks.
0: And uh, so let's uh, let's write. Ra- oh, here we go, folks. Kolchak Episode 7, The Devil's Platform, directed by Alan Barron. Uh, story by Tim uh, Mashler. Uh, Teleped by Don Mullally. Uh, November fifteenth, 1974. In this one, Tom Skerritt plays a politician in Chicago who I think is wants to win the state senate, and he's one of those, he came from nowhere, and suddenly he's almost there kind of thing, and it seems a bit suspicious. And it, as we learn, it really is a bit suspicious when Kolchak sort of discovers that um, this politician can change into a giant um, killer dog and that this um, politician also has a pact with the devil Tim and I are on the other side of this little blast <laughs> Devil's Platform, Episode 7 of Colchak the Night Stalker. The more, the more I say the title, Colchak the Night Stalker, the more I want to ignore the Night Stalker part of it, because I don't think it makes sense. But I'm going to call <laughs> it Kolchak the Night Stalker. And I have here with me, of course, Tim S. Turner. Tim, how are you? uh i'm doing great how about you excellent i'm doing all right i'm doing all right i got a window open it's um uh we're recording this 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 is this is going up happy halloween everyone this is going up right before halloween and um it's it's a lovely fall evening i've got the window open there's a breeze blowing through and i'm watching uh tom scarrett on on tv working for the devil every night and day (laughs) what what did you think of the devil's platform
2: I really liked it. Uh, again, I, I like the fact that they're kind of mixing it up a little bit. Uh, you know it, 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 we' we We started out the series with some classic monsters, and then we went to uh, our last one with Firefall, which was very uh, much like a mystery that we had to uh, to solve. and And this one, we've got a politician who has made a deal with the devil uh, to rise to the top. And I I thought it was a lot of fun. You've got uh, Tom Skerritt literally looking like he takes a bath in uh oil. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh he, and he is just absolutely sleazy in this and it's fantastic. Um we get uh Miss Emily uh giving Carl a new hat. Yes. Uh you know, it, it's uh, it's a fun episode, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, there's a big there's a big do- dog in this episode. As I as I mentioned in the breakdown, that's actually Tom Skerritt. You can kind of see they were like they picked that dog because it looks a little like Tom. Yeah, you can see when you it's the eyes. And I, I like I like this episode again. This is one of those ones that I think the first time I watched the show through, I was like, give me another monster. I don't yeah. want you know I don't want the the sheriff from um, Picket Fences. he was Picket Fences is what he was on right? Uh, one of his yeah. shows right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah uh yeah i don't you know i'm i'm not sure i want to see him uh, sneaking around with his mustache pretending to be evil but um watching it now with the big dog and um although can i say i love the big dog and i love the moment in the end when the big dog becomes sort of dispossessed and the look on the look on the dog's face goes from pure evil to what am i doing here
2: yeah very which,
0: sheepish. Uh, yes, yes, which I really <laughs> like. Um, but uh, I, I will say there, there's there's one scene I I I, it's, I only say this because it's playing right now, and I, I I fear I'll forget about it. Where um like a secretary talks to him by like a um some water and a bridge.
2: Right, that's the secretary. Yeah.
0: He, and he and he becomes the dog and attacks her. And there's this really weird scene where he the, he jumps on top of her and as uh, not Tom Skerritt Scarec- the dog. Um, <laughs> And, and begins um, attacking her, and then you um, you cut to two people walking along the bridge, seeing it. They scream. You see her getting attacked some more, and then you see like two cop cars pull up, and then you see her getting attacked some more. Then you see the cops getting out of the cars, <laughs> running down. You see more people. She's still getting attacked. They run, and I thought, how long <laughs> is she getting yeah. attacked? Do they stand there for like five minutes? Are there cops nearby? It just it's it's a weirdly edited scene where as she, she is being attacked in sort of in a different time stream than, yes. like, help arrives. And it's, it's sort of, it's, it's weird. I don't know if that's kind of, I don't know if they're sort of making fun of a scene like that, where someone gets attacked and, you know, like, everyone's just standing, well, we call the police. Is that her? Yep, the one getting attacked. Okay, well, the police <laughs> should be here in a moment. Should we go help? the police will be here in a moment it's their job i don't, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll I don't. be all right it, it'll, it's it's a little it's, it's a bit of a um it's a bit of a weird moment it,
2: but, it makes you wish that uh, maybe dario argento had done that scene so it just yes. gone straight for the throat and then it'd be over yeah,
0: exactly exactly <laughs> exactly um but overall it's a um uh I, I i think it's 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 a fun episode it has um uh, I, I love the opening scene where the elevator drops, and you yes. first see the dog because it 's great because i I want to say you see people fall out of the elevator and I love those two guys who are just tearing open the elevator doors <laughs> like they are re- i don 't know if those were like like real like technicians or something who they brought in or, or just or those are two of the like the two extras who are really working it who are really just going for it. And there's just, there's just a great – you see, like, a body fall out of the elevator, and then Carl starts taking pictures, and then he kind of pauses. And I forget whether you see the dog first or you hear it growl. Yes. But all, all of a sudden you sort of realize that in this elevator filled with dead people, in the corner there's this giant dog. <laughs> it's like, whoa, hey, and then it comes comes right at Carl.
2: Yeah, and they digitize the, the growl. They, they kind of yes. put it through a synthesizer so it sounds
0: mm. even creepier. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's a nice, I, th- I think that scene and the closing scene with, with Tom Skerritt, um, Palmer and Kolchak in Palmer's sort of underground layer, as it were, as, uh, and I'll talk more about that scene later, are two really great scenes in the show. Oh, I yeah, I agree. The, the conversation between these good actors with, with, with Darren McGavin kind of doing his normal Darren McGavin thing and a very calm Tom Skerritt, who knows with the devil's help that the world is at his feet. Talking to him is a really nicely done scene. It's not—it's not a big crazy scene. You know, there's a little action at the end, but it's just basically two guys talking. Yeah, it's, it's very low key, done. but mm-hmm.
2: it's done in a way that's really sinister.
0: Yes, yes. And um, uh, so overall, I, I think it's—I think it's a fun episode. I don't—I I don't know if I'd rate it higher than Firefall, which I really did enjoy very much when we watched it. But I'd say um, if 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 you're Sitting and reading the synopses of the episodes, you're like, ooh, Jack the Ripper, ooh, a zombie, ooh, a vampire, ooh, a werewolf, ooh, Tom Skerritt is an evil politician. You may want to skip that one. <laughs> Don't do it, because it's pretty sharp. Uh, Darren McGavin is, is pretty great throughout, and, uh, well, he's he's always great throughout, and Tom Skerritt's character is a, um, uh, kind of got a nice sleaziness to it, and, and just the fact that, the episode doesn't begin with, like, someone being stalked and killed. It begins with, like, two scenes where people are just sort of randomly killed right off. This guy was driving, and his car exploded. And then I forget what the other one was. Oh, uh, the but, boat. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, and you look, and then it cut, it's like, the car explodes, and then it cuts to the boat, and all you think is, oh, no. And you're just you're yeah. sitting there watching it, waiting for the stock footage of the explosion to go over the boat. Oh, there it is. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Oof. So, so, I like that. It's got a, it's got a little bit of a different flavor to it and um sort of as it gets deeper into the satanic stuff it's a lot of fun and um and uh yeah overall i think it's i think it's another sharp episode of the show so what what else what what are things grabbed you about this one
2: well i think there was some great dialogue in this one um like when tony finds out that carl used the angle of the um the elevator crashing to maybe possibly blame one of the political parties. Oh yes, uh, for it. And, you know, and uh, you know, Tony starts freaking out. He's like, "Who's going <laughs> to
0: sue us now?" <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, good, great stuff. Uh, Miss Emily comes back from Italy, yes. and she gives Tony some uh, artichoke pasta. Yes,
0: which Tony does not look thrilled about.
2: No, and then she gives <laughs> Carl this ridiculous hat. Yes. And, but you know, it's funny because he can always see that like Carl loves Miss Emily, yes,
0: and he does.
2: He's he's willing to put the stupid hat on for her at least yes. long enough to get out of her line of vision.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I like that she, she likes him too. I think she kind of likes that he's he's um he's you know she might think he's a little nutty, but he's she she can see that he's a good reporter, and she likes what he does, like picking on Vincenzo and and um. And uh, what's his name? Um, Oh, Updike? Updike, yes. Um, uh, Who who does get a very funny line where he sees Carl looking through a book of dogs, trying to identify the dog, and Updike leans in and said, is that the Kolchak family album? Yeah. (laughs) Which is a very good line. It's funny, the the humor seems to be getting sort of sharper as the episodes are going along. I mean, it was there in in Jack the Ripper, uh, or the Ripper, certainly. But for some reason, it seems to be um, uh, getting funnier.
2: Well, I think Uh, the people, the actors, are getting comfortable with their characters. Yes, and the the chemistry between the cast. Um, My favorite line in the whole episode is when you know Carl says, "What don't you like? What is it you don't like about my hat?" And Tony says, "What's under it?" (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they get they get some very nice. It it does really feel like as you go through it, like when they started, um, there was there was a feeling of. we're yeah we're doing horror a horror show with and keeping it light on occasion but as we're going along it's becoming now a mix and a pretty good mix so far of like like carl when carl has to be serious he's serious like when the elevator drops or when he's talking to tom i mean he goofs a little when he's talking to tom scarrett but that's only because tom scarrett has the devil with him so you know and and he's goofing like the way you know like Tom Baker's Doctor or something would goof in Doctor Who when he was under duress, you know. Um, <laughs> and um, But but there, it, 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 you, you, you feel that as, yeah, as the episode's going along and uh, the writers are getting more of a handle of how they think it works best and how, how Darren McGavin sort of wants to do it and how David Chase is writing uh, rewriting a lot of it as the main story guy, um, there's a feeling of, of sort of getting more uh, comfortable with the humor. And it works for Even even that little scene where he corners that, like, doctor after the lady is attacked by the dog is has, has some good stuff in it, too. It's like every little encounter. It's almost um like a... Uh, did I say this last time? I said this somewhere. Did I mention last time that it, it does sort of remind me a bit of, like, an early Argento or just like an Argento giallo? You know, where you have the scenes, yeah. the scenes with um, the horror scenes, and then you get a wacky scene where, like, the protagonist will interview an artist who lives halfway up a house that has no stairs with a thousand cats or something like that. You know, and it has all these <laughs> yeah. these weird, weird, quirky scenes um, mixed with um, uh, the, the scenes of horror every few minutes to sort of pull you pull you back in. Um, now I'm going to before before we bring up uh, anything else I'm just going to um well do you want to do you want to say the cool thing about um where we how we're watching these from now on
2: Oh well yeah um Kino came out Kino Lorber came out with a fully restored Blu-ray um of this entire series and it, it, you know what <clears throat> it 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 looks wonderful um I think the, I think the opening credits still look a little dark, yeah. To me, but I mean, I, I'm kind of wondering. You know, a lot of times when I look at that, it looks to me like, uh, like that was shot in 16 millimeter or something. Oh, it could have been, because yeah. if you've ever seen when they try and when they try and enlarge 16 millimeter and then restore it, just it still looks kind of a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the show. Anytime you can see the stripes in Kolchak's suit that's yes. you know it's gonna be good.
0: Yes, yes. You can see the the, the the uh backgrounds more clearly. You can see like the the dog sort of jumps out a little quicker in mm-hmm. this than it used to. Um and uh it's it's interesting with the um the opening credits, I'm wondering too, uh, because the opening credits have all the um the titles on them, which meant they would have gone through an optical printer. To put those titles on there, yeah. which meant that technically many of those shots would have been sort of like second generation, even in the negative. Mm. I'm wondering if there's just a thing where it's like there's really not much we can do with the credits, the, the unless we you know digitally goof with them. But like this is maybe as good as the credits can. And I like the 16 millimeter thing that makes that makes sense too. Um, and so yeah, if you sit down and watch it and you watch the credits and go, eh, this looks okay. Watch a little bit more. You'll see it. yeah. it's 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 a lot it's a lot nicer. You'll see a lot more. There's a lot of detail, and the darker in some of the darker shots, which were too dark in the past, yes. things are a little clearer. And um, <clears throat> overall, it's really nice to have the set. And there are there are commentaries in every episode, including our good friend Amanda Reyes. Hey Yay! Amanda, um, and a short uh, short interview with um, David Chase about 10 minute interview which is a pretty good interview i i love the way he, he just describes the show as just like part of my french just i think he said like batshit crazy that's <laughs> yeah that's the way he saw the show it's just batshit crazy and darren mcgavin wanted to do a comedy he didn't quite want to do a comedy david chase but he knew what darren mcgavin sort of wanted and they sort of he sort of that's what they did and um yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I recommend the set highly. I I got mine relatively cheaply. Well, not that. Well, I got it cheaply. No, it didn't cost me hundreds of bucks, but I, I got it for a good price. And uh, I recommend it highly. If you're listening, you should already have the Night Stalker, Night Strangler on Blu-ray, yeah. which actually which actually probably do look a little better, especially the Night Stalker. Uh, but then I think those are four K scans. Yes, and these, these are two, two,
2: I believe. Yeah,
0: and and I would bet. I don't know for certain, but I would bet the T V movies probably have a little more a little bit more of a budget. So they may have had just look a little better in general. I don't know that for certain, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I agree with that. And like you said, like I was started watching and I was watching the credits and I'm like, uh, eh, it looks okay. You know, but then once the episode starts, the, the episodes look great. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, you know, was watching some of the episodes that we were going to be talking about. I watched, you know, the Spanish Moss Murders, and mm-hmm. I actually saw stuff that I hadn't seen before. Oh wow! Okay. Because it mm. was, it, it it was a little brighter and yeah. it was, you know, it was clearer. Uh, for the longest time, uh, those prints that Universal had were just mm. muddy and and they just yeah let them fall apart. And so when you'd watch them, there'd be things where you like episodes of that show anytime carl was in the dark or outdoors yeah. at night it was it was mm-hmm. it would be so hard to see what was happening but now uh the, the the blu-ray really is a revelation as i'm re-watching everything because it uh it really seeing more detail
0: mm-hmm. and even i have the scene here where he's in the dark room um uh working on enlarging um uh, uh um some uh, photographs and just like when he's in the he's in the dark room at first it looks the dark room is it's a great looking dark room slash like file cabinet room and then he turns on the red light which is like right in the middle of the, the screen, and it lights up, and it just looks this gorgeous red.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he
0: he turns off the main light, and everything suddenly become, and it kind of like has a New Orleans red light district kind of look. And there's never any <laughs> trouble like with the color or anything like that. It's just um, it's just it goes from regular lighting to regular lighting with that red light to all red, and it's just it looks really sharp. And uh, I'm so glad they did this. I was I f- I figured if you're going to release the master with Lee Van Cleef on blue ray <laughs> surely, which is a lot of fun. As you know, the, the Master Ninja episodes on MST are hilarious. But the, yes. the show, the show itself, actually is a pretty good early '80s action show. It's not, it's not going to, you know, it's be something that you, you know you're not going to stand on a rooftop and, and shout at people to go home and watch it immediately or something. But you're going to, it's, it's fun. It's a fun show. Yeah, but then
2: I, I th- I'm still waiting for somebody to put out a a 4K restoration of uh I'm Dickens, he's Fenster.
0: Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? I you know what I would like to see? you know what shows I would like to see are the um the uh the two, the two uh uh what is it? Mr. Terrific and Captain Nice.
2: Oh, yes, the, the same season uh Goofy Superhero yes. spoof shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I I I would like to I would like to see those. Another thing I like, now that we're, again, by the Blu rays, uh, is that there's a, a fun moment with him talking to a bartender. Yes. And um, they say they cancel a debate because Palmer isn't there, but um, the other guy is, who I want to say is Talbot. Yes. And, um, and then you, you hear the name Talbot and you think, is he going to become a werewolf? He does not. <laughs> uh, but, but there's a great moment where, so instead of the debate, we're going to show a movie with da 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 and Alice Faye. And, yes. then, um, and then the bartender says something along the lines of, so who, who are you going to vote for? And Carl looks up and says, well, I've always liked Alice Faye. Yep. And uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Alice Faye's fantastic. And she was in one of my favorite uh, old-time radio shows with uh with Phil her Harris. husband, Phil Harris. Yeah, they're great. The, the first couple seasons of that, all the episodes were co-written by Dick Chevrolet, co-writer of almost every episode of Green Acres. And you could tell yes. because he, he – Jay Summers was the plotter and came up with all the weird stuff and Dick Chevrolet was the gag man. And you could tell when you watch Phil Harris and Alice Faye that they have an actual funny gag man there because some of the jokes are hilarious in that well, show. Uh,
2: yeah, honestly, when people ask me uh, about old radio, I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of comedy dates pretty badly from that era, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, I always recommend Jack Benny program. But I also, I say, you know, Phil Harris, Alice Faye show... Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when they're sponsored by Rexall,
0: yes, uh, Rexall.
2: Are, are some of the funniest things you will ever listen to in your life. Uh, uh, Frank Remley is one of the greatest yes. characters ever created. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, you know, then you got Julius, and mm. you know, and uh, it's 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 such a great show, and uh, I, I, it's a shame they didn't try and pull off maybe a TV version of that because yeah. I would have yeah, liked to have seen that.
0: Yeah. I think I think they've been very good, yeah I think there's there's um with uh this going on at Halloween and Christmas obviously uh coming up, there's a great Christmas episode of the Phil Harris Alice Fay show where um their two daughters are waiting for Santa to show up, and I think there is a guest appearance by Jack Benny
2: Jack Benny is Santa, yeah
0: yes, and it's very funny, but it has a really sweet scene in the end involving Santa. And I won't say exactly what happens, but it's one of those really sweet scenes where it's like y'all get a little tear in your eye, and it's really it's really kind of lovely and and um but hey, that's why it was a good show so um, and I will say the other the show I've been getting into recently um which I will actually sometimes put on at night when I sleep because I tend to wake up three or four times during the night, same <laughs> yeah, and so I'll always ha it is has been Duffy's tavern, oh uh, yeah, mm hmm and uh, I've, I've been get I've been getting a really I've been, I've been laughing quite a bit at Duffy's Tavern. I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and hear like ten minutes, laugh a couple times, and then fall back asleep. <laughs> so, so I don't know if I've heard a full episode all the way through, but I've I've had like them playing and playing and kind of going. So that's 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 kind of my new favorite comedy from from that from Old Time Radio. And let's see, um, what else do you have on this? Let me do a let me do a note scan. Oh
2: well. <clears throat> Uh, something that you had mentioned earlier, and I really wanted to talk about, at the very end of the episode, you, when you have your usual Kohl's Shack monster slash villain confrontation, it's not a big action-packed scene like no. it usually is. Uh, it's basically uh, uh, Palmer Tom Scarrett offering Colshack. Yes. Well, hey, you know, I know you have all these things that you want. These petty little things that you think are great, you know, uh, but you can have them all if you just join me and do whatever. And I like how he says, you know, you're a great reporter, but you've got character flaws that keep you from going forward.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a great speech. It it is too, and you could see, and most of the speech, the camera is on Carl. Yeah. So you see his reaction to slow it.
2: dolly into his face.
0: Yes, and and the the thing I I I love it because um it really is like in that that sort of paragraph of dialogue he more or less nails Carl's character down he gets he oh gets yeah. like completely down and and even even the moment where like um uh where he tries to uh what he said i think when when um palmer says something about like vincenzo or something mm-hmm. you know and, and and carl tries to come in and say something but then he kind of fades and then palmer keeps on talking almost like well yeah you're right no yeah, you you got you got yeah. that right yeah um and i think it's a really great scene and what i the first, when i watched it the second time i was reminded I, I had two thoughts one was why palmer hasn't seen much of kolchak in the episode but clearly the devil has given him some like um like a cv or something right you know um and and it's, but but why would he be offering kolchak this i mean he's kind of I mean, yeah, yeah. He he figured it out in the end what was going on, and no one else has. But but he's he, to, to me, he's um to to offer to sort of put Kolchak in the same space where he is would seem to be a, me to be. A, I I would kind of think it would be better that he he would have killed Kolchak.
2: Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, that's probably true. I I do think he he looks at Carl and just sees well. Clearly, this guy not only has he was he smart enough to figure this out, but mm-hmm. he's. Uh, doggedly determined, you know, yes. he just will not give up, and I think he sees that as something he can use to his advantage.
0: Yes, I. Well, the the second the second thought I had after that one was, I thought of there's um I forget if it's in the Doctor Who. Ep- forgive me for bringing up Doctor Who. It happens. Uh, <laughs> either it's either Silence in the Library or the Four force of the Dead. The one where they he he and Donna and Noble where he meets Riversong for the first time, right? And he and Donna and Noble are in the universe's largest library. And in the library, one of the problems they encounter is, I want to say they're called the Vishta Narada. It's I, could, I could be wrong that. They're, they're basically living shadows. Yeah. And they, they, they inhabit bodies and turn them into walking skeletons in, like, spacesuits. And there's a point in one of the episodes where the doctor basically sort of stops one of them from approaching them and says, you know, you're going to leave us alone. You're going to go away. I forget what he says to them and um he says so, you know they say well who are you and he says you know i'm i'm the doctor and and you know how is that going to stop us from killing you and he said well i'm the doctor you're in the universe's biggest library look me up yeah and then there's a pause and then all of a sudden the, and they they begin to recede into the background and go yeah. away from him once they looked him up and i i thought for a second i thought wouldn't it have been fun if Carl had said you know what you've got all this information about me look at some of the stories that I've've I've, look at this I, I yeah. killed Jack the Ripper I've killed two vampires I killed a zombie I killed a, a, a doppelganger a ghost doppelganger <laughs> you know I, I I encountered aliens from outer space you know l- look that up and and then I suddenly realized what if the devil gave Palmer that information right and said you want this guy on your side? Because if we can get him over to our side, then he'll stop killing off my minions, as it were. But Palmer isn't going to say, uh, you know, I saw it here that you killed Jack the Ripper. All right. You know, he's just going to look at it and go, okay, I'll offer it to him. And I'll offer it to him, you know, like, you can do so much better. But I'm not going to say, I just like the thought that Palmer got the list. He killed a werewolf on a cruise ship? Two vamp what that's crazy I've done some crazy stuff you know being sort of half possessed by Satan but this guy and I like the thought that maybe it's Satan just saying get him get him over to our side don't don't tell him we know that he destroys things like us just get try to get him over to our side so I'm sticking by that <laughs> that, that, that that Palmer is the first villain monster whatever in the series that knows what Carl has done. Although, although we don't really get proof of it, I believe it's in subtext.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think – and that's always been, for me, the one real weakness of the series is there's really – with the exception of the vampire episode, there's mm-hmm. not much continuity no. of or recognition. Like uh, the only thing I can think of is at one point uh, Tony says, oh, another one of your crazy stories or something like that, mm-hmm. but – as a general rule, there's no acknowledgement. Oh, well. First, it's a vampire, Carl. Then it's a werewolf. Yes. What, what, you know, what is it now? A snake woman or whatever? You know, and, uh, they just act like it's just like a one-off every time, and that's the only thing I thought was that, that kind of bummed me out because I would have liked to have seen like maybe a, a like an arc like or something. Yes. You know, with yeah. recurring characters or something, but you know.
0: Oh well. Because they're, they're yeah yeah there does have to be a point in there where they're like, you know, there was this guy killing everyone, like Jack the Ripper, and there was this zombie-like guy, and there was this vampire in L.A., and the vampire in Vegas, and Car- the only link to every single one of these things which isn't killing people anymore is Carl Kolchak. Yeah. And he, he was the only one saying, we have to do this and this. and I would love it if there had been a revelation, maybe in the next season or something. Well, like, maybe maybe someone came to him and, and like, like, like uh, I'm your biggest fan kind of thing. I've been yeah. following you, and I know you did this, and you did this, you know, and there's this, you know, the abominable snowman is running through Chicago in the middle of winter, and, you know, <laughs> I want to help you catch him. You know, I, I would love just some recognition that, um, you know, it's it's one thing to just do, like, be, I, I mean, the, the thing is, obviously, Carl's a good reporter because they don't fire him every time something like this happens. Right. So, so he must be, you would think, like, 90% of the stories he turns in are pretty standard report, reporter stories. We're seeing the ones in between, the regular stuff the kind of weird tangents he goes off on and i would just i would love to see a little more recognition i don't i don't know that would be great but um it's not going to happen everybody like, maybe
2: wouldn't you like to have had a crossover between uh, Shack and lou grant
0: oh yeah that would have been, <laughs> that would have been amazing that would have been awesome wow i'd watch that wow yeah <laughs> i mean i i would think in like um like the the follow-up like books and i think there was a comic book and other stuff too there's probably stuff that is a bit more continuity related or something like that those are guesses though but i would guess that would that would happen but you you would think you would think there'd be there would be a point too where like it would become almost a liability like you if you were a bad guy or a monster and you saw carl you'd be like oh boy i'm leaving chicago yeah, I'm not it's, it, this guy he's he means I I'm, I'm gonna be dead sooner rather than later so I guess we're, we're supposed to assume that Chicago
2: uh, has a hell mouth right
0: yes I, I think that's what it is sort <laughs> of yeah be, be, before they could I mean that was yeah the the one of the joys of Buffy was that they just stated yep that's why all the stuff is happening if they they kind of done that and I, I just I just don't think it was something they thought to do um in this I, I think Sort of the the implication from the David Chase interview was that he was like, "Why are all these things in Chicago?" And we were like, "You know, like, who cares? You know, I don't think I don't <laughs> think anyone's really, I don't think anyone's really um, thinking uh, back then along those lines that we have to um, yeah do do that." But um, but what else do you have on this one? I'm just gonna do a uh, one more scan through my notes here.
2: Uh, I you know, I I think I pretty much. Hit it all. Uh, although I did like the appearance by Jean Cooper as Dr. Klein, uh, she's yes. only in that one scene with him. Yes, mm-hmm. but she's she's really uh, she was really a good actress, and I I liked her little mm-hmm. cameo there.
0: And I do like the actress who plays his wife, Palmer's wife, Ellen Weston. I, I, yes, I like yeah, her. I actually I thought she was beautiful. Yeah, she is. She she's in a some somewhere around here. She, I think she's in a Harry-O where she like I, I could be wrong. Where I think it's a Harry-O where she's kind of at a country club, um, just kind of as a slightly drunk wife of a rich guy who's never around.
2: Yes, and she was.
0: She, yes, and she spends most of her time like in bikinis, yeah, and stuff. Is like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there is actually a shot of her in a bikini in this. When you see her in Tom Skerritt by the pool, but you only see you only see her for a second. It mainly focuses on Tom Skerritt's lovely chest. Yes, <laughs> with his satanic thing, uh, satanic um, uh, thing in the middle of it, the uh, the uh, the amulet. Um, uh, yeah, so,
2: well, you know, uh, she was in a lot of those seventies uh, shows like Barnaby Jones and SWAT yes. and Ellery uh, Queen and Canon. Uh, yeah, so yeah. she she got her she got around in the seventies pretty good, yeah. pretty well on TV.
0: Uh, I've got uh, two, one more thing I, I think I have one more thing and that's sort of I, I realize one of the things that um, at the end of it and I, th- I think this is what kind of keeps me going because there's so many like the X-Files when Mulder and Scully when everything gets covered up and they've seen so much but it's all gone usually at yeah. the end of an episode it's it's sad or it's a little depressing Whereas at the end of this, Carl just you know saved how many more people from dying horribly, um, and and it ends with them you know and basically the same thing as always like okay whatever Carl but you, you don't hear he's he's speaking to his tape recorder, but at the end when he's done speaking to his tape recorder, he makes a joke about the wife, yes, hoping she has a dog, and then when he gets in his car, he's smiling and laughing when oh, he yeah. drives away. So it's like for him it's it's um, I, I don't think I don't think he's seeing it the same way we are. I think he's just seeing it as like okay you know for every for him it's probably like for every five things he investigates you know probably three of them fall through but two of them are great things and he he's not sitting here like we are going well you remember that firefall case you remember at the end of that when everyone told you you were crazy when you set the building on fire yeah this is like that and he's thinking like whatever you know i've got another (laughs) thing i'm i'm looking into tomorrow and it's it's interesting seeing him kind of being like well i saved the day but You know, whatever. Let's keep on moving and laughing. Kind of take take some of the um take some of the uh, darn it. He he wasn't able to prove anything again. Away.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you get the impression that at this point he's just like, yeah, I know none of this crap's gonna make it to the (laughs) the final edition.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you know, it'll be he disappeared and who? Where did he go? And whatever. And I'm not you know, and I won't be writing it. Someone else in the office probably will. I still got paid. Yeah, exactly. He's still getting paid. So the, oh, oh, two more things real quick. One, I love the scene where uh, Kolchak is looking through the Satan books, and yes. um, and uh, Vincenzo walks in just like, oh, why do I eat at Manny's? Oh, one of the first stages of botulism. Uh, hey, Carl, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And it's fun because Vincenzo's coming in, and he's trying to be a genial boss. Right. <laughs> and Carl just isn't paying attention. And I felt bad because I, I always wish Carl had just let it down for a second and just been like, you doing okay? Maybe patted him hard on the t- stomach or something like that and make him go, oh, Carl, be careful. Um, but uh, but I do like that when he steps in because he's very much like, oh, boy, why do I go there? But Carl's got his Satan books and he is not interested. <laughs> and then my, my final thing is the uh, – I, I do love what Carl does in the end um, – and I won't say exactly what it is, but he has some holy water. And when he kind of throws the holy water for, for a second or two, you're like, Carl, why'd you throw it there? But then you realize he had a plan. And when you see what he why he did what he did, you're like, smart one, Carl. That was a good one. He's a smart guy, but I won't. Yeah. I won't say what that is. Obviously, Carl lives in the end. I mean, that's a, that's not a what? A, what? No. Well, did you have anything else on this one?
2: <laughs> I, I I don't. But I, okay. I, I again. I I think you know. Really, at this point, this is uh, what episode seven. Seven. Yes. Uh, I've liked six out of the seven. So I mean, yeah. the batting average has been pretty good so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh yeah I agree yeah that i 'm wondering if I watch the alien one again in high def will it suddenly become my favorite i don 't know it'll probably <laughs> meander meander like it did, but um who knows uh so where where can we find you online and, and it's um oh and by the way, everyone again um happy Halloween. <laughs>
2: It's hard hard to follow that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, well, uh, I'm a co-host of uh, a podcast called Beauty, the Beast, and the Bees, where we cover uh, bee films and genre film in general. Uh, My co-host is uh, Kelly Hogaboom, And um, you can find us on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. And uh, we've got a a really nice Halloween episode coming up where we're covering Halloween Kills, which, of course, uh, by the time this – airs will already have been out for about a month but uh
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's half the people (laughs) that's the response of half the people who saw halloween kills (laughs) i don't think i have a button here for the other half oh my gosh how frightening (laughs) so so uh so thank you again, Tim. Uh, much appreciated as always. The next time we will be back with bad medicine in high def. Woohoo! Woo! So uh, let us go on to oh, okay. Let us go on to this the fourteenth and final ape chat. Listen to this. <laughs> 14, Up Above the World So High. Aired as far as we know, December 20th, 1974. Directed by John Meredith Lucas. Story by Shimon Winselberg. Teleplayed by uh, uh, Mr. Winselberg and Arthur Brown Jr. And in this one, uh, our gang uh, Verdon, Burke, and Galen watch a guy named Lorick uh, hang gliding. And he's, he's basically trying to hang glide away, sort of, a la Brewster McLeod and, uh, some apes, uh, see him doing that, and capture him, and there is a, a chimpanzee, a scientist, I forget her name, Carissa, I believe, and, um, she wants, she's trying to get Zayas and Urko to help her, um, replicate the glider that the human built, um, but she has her own nefarious plans for it, and, um, Uh, the guys kind of find out about it and they're trying to get Luric, who really wants to fly and thinks the apes are on his side to get out of there before uh, the apes do something bad. So it's basically trying to build a hand glider and trying to fly away, and there's a chimpanzee who may or may not be very unpleasant. But regardless of all that, this is the, this is the last episode of Planet of the Apes live action, so let's hear a little blast of something. Then on the other side, Amy the Conger returns for one last time for our final ape chat. Up above the world so high. The final episode of the live-action Planet of the Apes from the mid seventies, episode fourteen. I'm here with Amy the Conqueror. Amy, how are you?
3: I'm good. How are you, Dan?
0: I'm doing okay. You know, this is this is the third show we finished together on here. Yeah,
3: it we, is.
0: We did Voyagers cast and Eerie cast. I made those up. We didn't call them those. When we were doing them, um, <laughs> and we had, we had, we I think we had a pretty darn good time doing those. Oh, damn! And now now we're. Um, well, we were—that's right. We were in the '90s, the '80s, and now the '70s. So we, we've covered the. I'll see if I can find something from the '60s. We can do next. Sounds good. Um, uh, there must be something. There must be something. There must um, be, yeah. Oh, one of the uh, Batman rip-offs, like Mister Terrific or Captain Nice.
3: Oh, I've never even those? seen those.
0: So. I haven't seen those either. But one of them is Buck Henry, I think. Like a. Yeah. Bat- <laughs> I'll, I'll look. I'll look into those. But, but we are here now, so so we're so are at the end, and it's it's always a little it's always a little sad. Um. Uh, um, but to to, mis, to you know to misquote dr who you know it's always sad when when something ends but then something begins again so in the next episode um uh something will begin again and that'll be a happy thing uh, i think i hope i hate i'd hate to th- i'd hate to think of the next episode began and you all heard what show i'd pick next you were like oh this is the turning point this is when he jumped the shot <laughs> um, but we are we are um and, and I'll, I'll say this again at the end but uh, thank you so much again amy for joining me on this ape chat oh,
3: thanks for having me dan i always have a good time
0: <laughs> hey. um so i um i uh i think let, let's dive right in what what are your your thoughts on the final episode of planet of the apes the tv series live action
3: um i think it was fun enough um as a final episode it Doesn't really seem like a final episode It's Mm. just like every other episode I know they obviously didn't know they were Not going to make any more or maybe they did Um, I know there's some debate As to whether this was even shown Or if it was just shown in certain markets Or if it's shown on the date they said it was shown Um, So it it, I think they were filmed out of order I think we've discussed this in other episodes Mm -hmm. So like It was kind of anticlimactic (laughs) Yeah Yeah yeah, as it's, fun as of an episode as it as it tried to be, it, it, mm-hmm. you know.
0: It's I I will say that the the one the one thing with the episode is I had to adjust myself very quickly because when I saw my mind, not like my shirt or my pants or anything like that. I mean, I had to <laughs> because when you see the title, I thought, wow, we we we've had the liberator, the horse race, the this, the that, but yep. up above the world so high. That's lovely. That sounds like the final episode. I mean, you think about it, how did the show begin? The, their ship came out of the sky and crashed exactly. up above the world so high. I was hoping that was the direction they were going to go. Like. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, yeah. That's exactly what I was hoping it would be. And then within the first 35 seconds or so, a hang glider. And you're like, oh, crap, hang yeah. gliding. It's the mid-'70s. Of course it's hang gliding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I will say that there is a thing with the hand-gliding guy. His theory about wanting to fly away did remind me of Brewster McCloud, my favorite Robert Altman film.
3: Okay, yeah,
0: I um, can see that. So, so there's a little bit of that, sort of the concept of, um, because um, this one guy, yeah, who builds the hand-glider seems, the, the apes are confused that he seems to have intelligence, except for the one lady chimp. We could talk. We'll definitely talk about. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, but but there's something about just like, um, I you know I want to build this and just fly away, and you know that you know that ain't gonna work. Just like with Brewster, he you know I well it might have worked with Brewster, but things went wrong in the movie. <laughs> um, but but it, you know you you like the concept of just like if I I don't want if I don't want to live in this this awful world anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a hand glider and I'm gonna spend the last two to three minutes of my life flying, doing right. something that no one else does. And they shoot me down. I hit the water. I drown. I don't care. For those two or three minutes, I'm doing something no one has done, uh, for at least for hundreds of years. Uh, you know, and and so there's something. Um, I mean, the guy, the character himself is a bit goofy, but uh, yeah. but and I'm, I'm I think I'm giving him a little more. Um, gravitas than he has um but uh but he does he does have a have a he he does have but i i kind of like that that concept um and and overall i think it's um i think the, the 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 problem i had with the episode is that like at the end of it there's a sort of hidden plot to kill a lot of apes with bombs yeah yeah which we have seen in the previous episode. <laughs> and the end of yeah. the epi- the end of the episode is like them all on a raft in the water floating away from apes, which we saw back in the shark episode. Yep. That's how that so so there is the feeling of you can't be fourteen episodes and out of ideas already. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> not that's I, I just I just get the feeling I'll say this again when we get to our wrap up at the end, but I just get the feeling that someone didn't think this through. Uh, someone like the guy who wrote the first two episodes, I want to say Al Hirschman, but I could be wrong on that. Um, He hasn't been back, I don't think, to write another episode.
3: Well, that so would I, make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and and so so it feels like in the first two episodes, there's a bit of a feel like we're going so You remember? Didn't they have a thing? You remember the oh, thing?
3: Yeah, they, they have a thing. They um, have, <laughs> yeah, let's I, let's talk
0: about it later. Cause that's, yeah, we'll that's... talk about it. So let's. Sorry, let's. Um... <laughs> no, it's no, your right. show.
3: Whenever you <laughs> want to talk about it, Dan, we'll I I, about.
0: Agree, I agree with you, Amy. Tell tell me something else you liked about the episode. Uh...
3: I did like the episode though it was mm. another one of those episodes that's kind of like okay you just you just get so frustrated with the characters not not yeah. the main characters but you know the the guy Lur- lyric who was wanted to fly. Um, he's just so adamant and like, so stubborn and like, you just go over that again and again. And it's like, okay, we get it. He's, you know, we've done this in other episodes where they kind of beat things into the ground a bit. Like, okay, we got it. He doesn't care if he's going to die. He knows what he's doing Mm -hmm. when he actually doesn't. (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. Um, (laughs) yeah, that always kind of throws me the wrong way, but you know, it was still fun. I, um, Carcia, the the female chimp yes. scientist. Uh huh. Um, I do appreciate that all the female chimps are scientists. I guess.
0: Yes, that, that um, is cool.
3: She was kind of hard to take, um, mm. and I didn't really appreciate um, Galen being into her. I was like, I don't know what you see in this chimp. Not the best, <laughs> but I guess we already knew her ulterior motives, and he did not. Yes. Um, yes. She seemed kind of right off the bat. I'd you know she didn't seem trustworthy, so I was a little surprised that Galen was like, mm, you know, she's yeah. kind of an attractive chimp chimp, but I guess you know he's out there with the guys all the time, yeah, uh, anybody I mean, at that point
0: and i- I guess too, like whenever they always seem to wind up more or less in places that are um human heavy so so if if there's yeah. flirting to be done, the guys are getting that, and then every once in a while he's gotta be like, "Say, how are you? Yep. yeah."
3: I mean, that's another direction they could have gone in. Mm -hmm. They didn't really in the movie, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Charleston Heston kisses the, what's her name there? And I know her name. I just can't think of it right now. Um, in the movie. And that's, that's something they could have explored in this series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The chimp human relationship.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I just, I just think like, yeah, Yeah. I'm, I, I'm wondering, like, the order they shot them in, or if by this point, yeah, they knew the, they were done. And, uh... Eh. But anyways, anyways, I'll give you something I liked about it. I liked, um... I liked the guys in this one, because they're kind of very tangential. Ten, t- 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 they're on the edge of the plot. Right. Sort of throughout. And they're just kind of helping build the glider, and trying to convince that goofy guy to, you know, that they can help him out. And there's, there's a fun scene where, um... Uh, uh, Galen's about to um, do get some ape smooching with the lady, <laughs> and the guys come in. They're like, uh, "We got a problem," and um, and they're trying to be like, "Come on, we need your help over here." And and the two and the two chimps are looking at them. Aren't they stupid? Look at yeah. them! Oh my gosh, what is wrong with you two? Oh my <laughs> gosh, uh, they're dumb, aren't they? They sure are. And the guys are like, "Come on, it's a, it's not like there's a laugh track on the scene, but I could almost hear it." <laughs> I could almost hear like like a good times kind of kind of look <laughs> at l- l- the background.
3: That would have been um, awesome.
0: Yeah, and and I do. I mean, the I will say the, the hang gliding scenes are fun when they yeah. happen. Watch watching Galen hang glide because he thinks he's going to be the, he's going to die immediately, but then to watch the sh- the joy he's having when he's flying is wonderful. And then the final scene too is 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 fairly. I mean, you, you don't think they're going to die. But it's fairly dramatic, and and then you get the weird moment at the end of this, at the end of the series, where they're escaping the same way they did in the shark episode in the water, yeah. Yeah. but they think only this time we've got an annoying old guy with us. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh <Sorry>. nuts! <laughs> uh, um, and again, and again, the the, tri- the the this is more this one's more ape heavy than say like the previous episode. Yeah. Uh which is kinda nice because we're, we're still in that same darn I mean we see Dr. Zayas. I don't think we see Urko in this one, but we hear about no, him, him.
3: We because he was at the uh oh, the that's council. Right. Yeah, yes, he was that's at the right. council meeting. You know, being a jerk as he always
0: is. As yes, always. Yeah. How do they I mean that's oh boy. You no, know, I, I think you know, I, I, I get it. I get what they're up to, you know, comparing all of us to the apes and things like that. I get that, but boy, seeing like Urko be the one who does the same thing <laughs> over again got it. Yeah. Whew! that that's got to be tough for Zeus, where he's like you know i'm i'm one of the smartest i'm the smartest ape in this room and the person i always have to deal with is the biggest dummy in the room yep <laughs> whew. um uh let's see what else uh hang gliding um uh one of one of the things i do like is the um the scene with uh uh, Galen and his what is it called the um his, his magnifying glass oh he's calling it him. the expander the expander where he uses it to uh, set fire to yeah. that that guy's glider because his glider's a piece of junk and they need to bring in the other glider <laughs> it's all it's all it almost becomes a little farce it's like you know where it's like well he's got to don't isn't there a moment where they're like well we have to make sure that he takes off in a glider but we also have to make sure that he doesn't take off on that glider. Right <laughs> or something like that. It's I got it, I got it. Okay, so I'll hide in this room and you hide in that closet, and we'll jump. You know, um.
3: There was also uh, um, did have a, a few funny moments which they don't usually have. Yes. In that um, I think it was Burke made the the dumb joke of alas, poor lyric because that's the guy. Oh, that name. was a good
0: one. Yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh,
3: well, that was kind of funny. I got it, yeah. but you know, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think in the, in the in the previous episode they had a couple moments where um the two, the guys were something like, uh, you know, well, c- come with me. Oh, uh, come with me. I'll get you dinner. Well, you know what I want? I want a big steak and a cold beer. And, <laughs> and they keep, keep doing these little, uh, um, you know, a uh, 1980 because that's where they're from. Right. I think around
3: 1980. Somewhere um,
0: around there. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of references and things like that. And it's funny cause you rarely, I, although in the previous episode, the one guy said, I don't know what that is, but if yep. I get it for you, I will. And I thought, <laughs> all right, there you go. Um, now what did you okay, so what did you think when the um when they when you, you when you get the full reveal of what her plan is the the chimp the shifty chimp who turns out to be um an anarchist chimp
3: yeah
0: basically for what, what did you,
3: world domination basically. yeah
0: what, what did you think of that i mean I can understand like like we just said like it's gotta be tough. With so many of these dumb gorillas, sorry, and I don't mean to sound racist or anything, but that's just <laughs> the way the show, that's the way the show plays. Right. Um, yeah. but, but having themselves in positions of power, you know, sort of like the military taking over a country or something like that, kind of thing, you know, and it's it's got it's got to be annoying. And but what what did you think of that when when you suddenly realized like, oh wow, she's planning on like doing more or less what John Ireland was going to do in the previous episode, but she's actually like um like, like wants to commit sort of genocide sort of on a chunk of her own people
3: right um i did not realize that her aspirations were going to be so lofty <laughs> i yes. guess um yeah. that came out of nowhere and galen was just as surprised as i was i knew <laughs> she was shady and i knew you know she had other ulterior motives but mm-hmm. um to basically say we're going to kill everybody but chimps eh, yes that does you know Throw something else into the mix. I don't know yes. if it's uh, social class or racial Ooh, yeah. commentary or or what, but it, it throws something else into the mix that I was surprised.
0: Yes. Yeah, and and the way that um the moment Galen's like um no, she like she instantly you could even though she has the ape you can see you can see the actress's eyes and such, and you could sort of see like the actress go from. Well, she doesn't call him Gale. I forget what his name is, like Proteus or something like yeah, that. Proteus like or something. That. Yeah, um but it's like you can sort of see like the moment she realizes that he's not on board, she like whew like the the steel door goes down and she's yeah. like, Okay, put him in the prison and and when she's when they're standing there about to hang glide off the um off the cliff, and and the 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 guy can't do it because he hurt his hand, and and Gen's going, well, I'm not going to do it. You know, you can see her kind of looking at him like, yes, have him do it, let him die. This is yeah. like, whew, wow, you, she's um, I, I I actually I actually would be um, in she would be a character who might be interesting to bring back if the series had gone on
2: yeah.
0: to see to see if she like um maybe like a big reveal near the end of a season like where um, like uh, uh, some some fact, faction of the apes is really after like Galen or something and then you see like at the end that like the, the new head of the chimps on, in the world it's, it's her or something like that or, mm-hmm. or, or, or or the opposite where maybe she's gone the opposite way and she's become sort of like crazy or something like that and, <laughs> and she you know but um, I can but see
3: she, it going she, that way
0: yeah yeah it it could go either way i mean maybe she could be in charge of everything and crazy we've sure seen that (laughs) yes so so, um but 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 she the thing i like about her is that as as i've said before if the show had gone on for ages she would have been great to bring back as like a um uh like maybe like a maybe just a really great villain Mm-hmm. When she got She got some some and, and she she's like To Galen Like I remember you You're the You're the You're the You're the chimp that flew Hey that rhymes <laughs> uh, and, and and something like that and There'd just be a moment of like Oh my gosh And uh, Yeah I like that Now that I said that Jeez I keep The, the problem with the show At the end of the day Is that You know like with, with Voyagers in Erie Indiana Especially Voyagers I think we kept coming up With ideas Mm-hmm. Um, and they were always as fun as the ideas. Occasionally, maybe a little better, but I don't want to go crazy. <laughs> but the thing with Planet of the Apes is almost every idea we've come up with to advance the show is possibly better than what we've been watching.
3: Yeah, I can't argue with you. There. <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: just too bad. So let's um, let's take a last look at our notes for this episode because I think I, I think I pretty much covered it. It's not like the show is um, it's not like it's like an anthology and it's giving us a whole new world of whatever every time. It's it's pretty much. Very similar Although this, yeah. this this one does I did notice the teeth in several of the ape outfits And they um. <laughs> I don't know if it's the end of the season or what But they, they right. didn't look as They didn't look as I could tell they were fake teeth Is basically <laughs> what I'm saying I, I At the beginning of the series I don't remember that And I don't remember that in the movies
3: Yeah, um, the, the costuming uh, varied From episode to episode yes, So it would yes. be interesting to know In what order they were shot yeah, and whether uh, this was towards the end you, when they were you, like,
0: ah, we're already canceled, yeah. whatever. Did, yeah, let's get out of here. I'm not spending the, um, money on teeth. <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're not spending money on teeth. And and remembering too that of course we're watching this on I'm I'm watching this on on a, a decent DVD on a rather large, you know, high definition television. Yeah. Yeah, and good. and you, in 1974, you would have been watching this maybe on a large television, but um, it wouldn't have been that large. And it wouldn't have been... The quality wouldn't have been... Right. Uh, ...that great. So, um... It's... I mean... you It probably would have looked... Probably li- like the... Like the... The movies. I, I would imagine much of it. Um... So, uh... I had something I was going to say before I started talking about teeth. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> I'll... I'll edit it in later. No, um... Uh... So... So do you have anything else on this one? I'm going to do a final scan of my... My notes...
3: No, I don't think so. I mean, again, this is one of those episodes where it's like they have seem to have... I mean, we see Urko and, and Zaius, but they seem to have totally forgotten that they were after um, Burke and Verdon and Galen. Yes. So they're, like, not mm-hmm. even mentioned at all. Um, and it's kind of yeah. like that. Wasn't that a, <laughs> one of the main storylines was them trying to get away from these guys?
0: Yes, on the run. On the, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're supposed to be on the run. And in this one, they're not they 're just that it's, it's tricky because they're supposed to be on the run and if they're not going to be on the run then what's going on where's yeah. the conflict I guess yeah then if 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 we've if we've lost the tra- track of whatever it was they got in the first episode that they went after that little disc or whatever yeah, uh-huh. if we lost track of that and the fact that they were going to San Francisco, um, put some flowers in their hair and just hang out and be beautiful. Um, if if they were if they if we've lost track of that and we've lost track of you know Urko and the gang Urko and the gang Urko
3: and the, I the like gang. It. that'd be a good
0: um, off. I watch, watch that. Um, uh, uh, I don't know how long I'd watch. No, you know me. I'd watch every episode. Um, uh, but the uh, if. If, if, and if Erko and the gang are no longer sort of after them, then there's no overarching conflict right. Th- then it's just a series of standalone little adventures with nothing to push the show forward i mean even even in the weakest episodes of like The Incredible Hulk Dr. Banner was still trying to figure out how right. to get rid of the Hulk and it was we always reminded of that
3: Right, and if they did just want to do, you know, your basic adventure of the week, then they shouldn't have started with the, you know, overlapping themes that they had at the beginning, like, where's the disc, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're being chased, they're, you know, I mean, yeah, in every episode, some, you know, apes ride ride by on horses and they hide in the bushes every time, got it, Um, (laughs) that's about it, that's the connection to that,
0: that they're doing. it's funny because you're, you're you're right. Like if they hadn't done that at the beginning, and like the two guys had just arrived, and the apes hadn't found the ship, and they made friends with a chimp, it could have been like say like Route sixty six or something, for like two guys and a chimp. Yeah. Just just traveling the world, um, and but instead of like in Route sixty six where they're traveling up and down the route, stopping at various towns. Uh, meeting people, getting in adventures. Um, did you ever see that episode of Route 66 where they they meet up with Lon Chaney Jr., Boris Karloff, and Peter Laurie?
3: No, but I would love to.
0: It's Halloween. I'll, I'll send you the um, the title. It's actually on Blu-ray. It's it's called. If you go if you go on go on Wikipedia, Route 66 um, episodes list the list of the episodes, and it's like Owls Wing. Eye of Newt or something, you, you'll see it and it, it was actually a Halloween episode where they had Boris Karloff dressed uh, as a Frankenstein monster I think it's Peter Laurie in it, I could be wrong and Lon Chaney Jr. is in it doing his final werewolf appearance oh, that's and awesome. also he's the mummy and it's just its just a wacky episode where they're like at a hotel and these three actors are there claiming that no one gets scared by their old monsters anymore so they dress up as the old monsters and chase people around <laughs> I would recommend it. It's you know it's an hour long. It's it's super fun. You could probably catch it on YouTube or something like yeah, that.
3: Yeah, but... I wrote it down, so maybe I'll find uh, that. Yeah, so watch um, it.
0: And, yeah, around
3: Halloween. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's 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 a fun it's a fun episode. Um, but, uh, but 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 it yeah you, you're right. Like if if they're not going to if it's just going to be a series of weekly adventures that they get into and have to get out of, and there's nothing else pushing the show, then why bother? why bother having that i mean could you imagine how fun that would be if it was just like if it was something like discovering our world but it was a world of apes right you know and it was like because if you think about it it it's like if it's just two humans with an ape and every time they met another ape galen said they're with me they're my servants the apes would be like all right keep on moving yep that, get,
3: that would work just as well, if not better, because we wouldn't be expect our expectations yes. would be different. Yeah,
0: be, yeah, that's right. Because we wouldn't sit here each episode going, "Okay, where's the, where's the conflict? Yeah, Where, where's the overarching, uh, overreaching sort of conflict to the show? I mean, each episode has its conflict in it, but, um, but yeah, gosh, you're right. That's too bad that that that, that happened. Yeah. <sighs>
3: <laughs>
0: do you have anything else on this one before we go to the final?
3: No, no I don't.
0: Okay. So let me um I'm just going to You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you, you if you wouldn't mind just give me over, your overall thoughts on the show. I've got a banana. Hey, it's ape chat. I would have a couple bites of banana. You tell me uh you tell me just your thoughts. I may join in after a bite or two.
3: Well, I mean, it's it's mostly what we've been just talking about is that there's a lot of different directions this show could have gone, and I'm a little disappointed it didn't. I haven't watched this in, you know, 10, 15 years, so it wasn't, like, fresh in my mind, so it was kind of almost like watching it again for the first time. And, you know, I just feel like I enjoyed watching it, some episodes more than others, um, but if they had just continued trying to get home it might've been more interesting for me or if they had done the exact opposite and not started that storyline at the beginning that I became invested in and just did the adventure of the week, then I might've enjoyed that. Um, but just to start something and you know, the first few episodes, that's what they were all about. They're like, we got to get home. They found that computer. Um, it gave them information and they, when they played the, they, they had another disc or,
0: a computer that could play
3: the disc—I can't even remember now—but
0: I don't know. It was it's like ago. so
3: lost in the rest of the episodes yes. of
0: mm-hmm.
3: nonsense, which horse helps.
0: racing and, yeah. and sharks and and
3: just yeah. random stuff, which is all fun. And if it was just for yeah. like a kids' show, I could take it a little better. But then like episodes yeah. like The Liberator, they go a little darker. Yeah. So you're like, eh, you know, and then they have that whole episode on where the, it was basically just espionage and bored, the, bored me to tears. What one was that? <laughs> that one? The tyrant, I, I think
0: it was. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it was yeah. up
3: and down. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's still fun to watch the Apes, no matter what. And, yeah. You know. Hopefully, people who have listened to the show agree. We're not. I'm not bashing the Apes or the show. No. I'm just wishing. This is my wish list of things that, you know. I I wish could have happened (laughs) yes
0: yes thank you the the, I mean the the, the thing about Adventure Super Train is that mostly every single show we talk about with a few exceptions like maybe The Singing Detective and Garth Marenghi and Police Squad um, they're they're, all the shows are kind of what ifs I guess cliffhangers too they're kind of like um, you know what if the show had continued on for another season where would it have gone so um, this one to me I mean it's always fun being in Ape Town Right, but um, I just felt like this one, and it, it occurs to me, I was, I was thinking, um, uh, I, 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 thought, what, what if the show had had begun with them crash landing and meeting up with uh, with a chimp, and and not, the authorities not finding out about it, but I thought maybe would, would it have been better if it had been like maybe two humans with a chimp stumble across like that that computer room mm-hmm. or something like like, and they're not from our time and they just stumble across the computer room and suddenly they're like, wait a minute, we can no longer something, let, let's explore. Right. You know, we, 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 we've been in this one little circle our entire lives and now we've seen there's something else going on. Let's explore. And it could have been instead of we've got a disc, we're going to San Francisco, we're going home, it could have been we've seen that there is more to this world and there was more to this world. Let's explore,
3: yeah, that would have I, that would've worked too, because it still sticks with the same yes. you know basic vein of the original stories. Mm-hmm. I think that guy, would still fit in it. doesn't yes. always have to be, you know, astronauts crash land and then they hook up yeah. with the uh, Roddy McDowell and you know,
0: <laughs> like which is how did that become a standard? yeah, I, I would love I mean, that. I'm,
3: I'm glad it did. I, I love yeah
0: I, I I, no, yeah I
3: think the cast, the main the main dudes yes. are like, a really good selling point of the oh, show. Yeah. I, I like them all, and th- I think they're, you know, probably the best part.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. From from, it's it's yeah. If if um, I, I uh, yeah. This this was in no way my favorite show that we've covered on Adventure Super Train, but it was not my least favorite. Hey,
3: right, that's it.
0: hey, that's something. And um and I think I think I think my 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 least favorite, to be honest was probably beyond Westworld. Hmm. There were only five episodes, which was not its fault, but I just really felt like the first episode set something up, and then the next four, you kind of watch them going, really, this is where you chose to go <laughs> with that? Ugh. Whereas Planet of the Apes, you, you could see it doing like this kind of stories for the rest of the season, and then maybe like if, there, if it had done a full season, maybe the finale being... Like episode twenty-two or twenty-four or something, being like something more important to the overall um, storyline.
3: Right. Um.
0: But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't um, I know a lot of people love the show and a lot of people love all things ape. So um, I'm not gonna say it's it's like a wasted effort because it's not. We're watching it. We're talking about it. We spent, right. you know, we spent about seven hours talking about it. So that's not um that's that's it's worth your time if you like the apes. I think you'll you may enjoy the show more than we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, it, it this may be just the thing you needed. Um I was a little, I was a little disappointed that that it didn't hit um it it didn't go where I was hoping it would go, but then it went where it went and I mostly had a good time apart from those episodes right. where I was kind of bored or annoyed right but that happens so
3: well um, unfortunately it, it kept going to the same place a lot <laughs> that's
0: that's a tr- that's that <laughs> is the, the tricky thing at the end of the day where it's meant to be the world of the Apes and I would say at least two-thirds of the episodes seem to be like in the same spot in Los Angeles right or outside of Los Angeles and that that's tricky because um, you you, if 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 they're, if they're, if the apes are ruling the world we should get more than just this kind of desertish kind of arid spot over right. and over again right um we i would i would have loved an episode in snow right could could you imagine that like them being chased through the snow by like with the snow coming down and it's freezing and you can see their breath and they're running and the apes are are shooting at them, you know, as they're charging through the snow.
3: Oh, absolutely. That would have,
0: that would have been fantastic. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, we, we got what we got, which is a st- pretty standard 70s sort of adventure show. And um, I would say at the end of the day, if, 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 you, if you've honestly got to this point, of listening to Amy and myself discussing this and you haven't watched an episode, give the first couple a try. Yeah. Uh, cause I thought those were probably the best.
3: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, I think I want to say again, Al Hirschman, I think wrote the first couple episodes. I don't, don't quote me on that, but, um, watch those and, and you'll get a feel for what the show might've been. And then wade in. And if you get like fifteen minutes into an episode, and you're like, nope, yeah, skip it, go to the next one.
3: Yeah, you're you're it, not going to miss anything. That's the
0: unfortunate it, truth of, of some of these is,
3: episodes, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're right because some of it, um, some of it you you'll get the gist of it early on, and it's going to go exactly where you think it goes. <laughs> And you're so like, oh, do I need to watch this? And the answer is no, you don't. You don't need to do anything. You just need to do what feels good to you. <laughs> uh, unless you bought the D V D set you feel obligated to watch the episode.
3: Right. Then. Or you're a completist or something. Yeah, you a
0: complete, yeah like myself. We yeah. got you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So So, um so that's 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 Ape chat.
3: It is. Yeah. Ooh,
0: thank you, Amy. Oh, Oh, it feels, it always, um, like I said, it's, it's a little sad to get to the end of a, uh, a, a show, but, um, I'm glad, I'm glad you were here with me for this, this journey through the planet of the apes. I don't know what the hell it was. Um, <laughs> do you, uh, so, um, uh, any, a, any more thoughts on apes?
3: No, not really. I hope people enjoyed the show and don't think we're bashing them because I don't want to, I don't want to come across that way.
0: No, no. I think, I think at the, at the end of the day, um, uh, to, to me, the reason why I go through episode by episode rather than do a broad overview is because you can honestly say, like, okay, you know, 14 episodes, I really loved five of them. I thought five of them were, I'd watch over and over. Right. And, and you know, there were five of them that were okay, and there were four that stank. Right. Hey, that's going to happen. I'm sure, folks, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you've encountered many episodes where you're like, Dan, whew, Get rid of that one, right. but but I, I I think that that's that's why I like to go episode by episode because you really you can you can pick out the beautiful things in a show like this and you can look at the things that don't work and treat them the same, you know, and give give them the love as it were. So right, so that that is Planet of the Apes, and um, uh, maybe and here's the thing: maybe someone who's listening here is the world's biggest fan of Urko. <laughs> maybe maybe you listen to this going you didn't give Urko the love he deserves. Well, come on. Maybe, come on. Maybe. Amy Amy you you pick a you pick an Urko episode. Amy and I'll come back and we'll discuss it with you, huh? Yep,
3: we'll give it another chance.
0: Let's do that. So um Amy, uh now that Ape Chat is done and and I would love to have you on the show again sometime soon maybe talking Captain Terrific or Mr. Nice, I got those wrong. But hey, uh
3: whatever, I'm always game, Dan.
0: Yeah, all right. Um so we're um oh actually I just thought of a fun show that uh well I'll I'll sorry. So so <laughs> Amy Amy where can we find you online?
3: You can find me on Instagram. Uh Amy underscore the underscore Conqueror
0: Excellent that is the end of Ape Chat everyone Next week we will have a brand new old show on here I think you're going to like it gosh I hope you like it because it goes on for a bit and uh, fingers crossed and I think we're just going to wrap up the episode right here Amy uh, would you like to say goodnight to the good people
3: goodnight good people <laughs>
0: And that's the end of episode 115 thank you so much everyone for listening I, I hope you enjoyed the show and yeah unfortunately we have to say goodbye to Amy again but I hope she will be back and maybe we'll get a show from the 60s for, uh, for her to join us on I'm not sure what that might be though we'll think of something we'll think of it. I don't know. That might be too many episodes. I'm not sure, but uh, it's only one season. We'll see. We'll see. So anyways, thank you uh, so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, let's see, what, where can you find us online? Uh, Twitter, it's uh, at eSuperTrain1. Uh, Adventure Super Train on Facebook. AdventureSuperTrain.blogspot.com. Danny Slacks, D-A-N-N-Y-S-L-A-C-K-S at yahoo.com and uh, yeah, those are the best places to find us iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud if you if you feel uh, like leaving a review or something, that would be or Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry, instead of iTunes if you feel like leaving a review, please do it would be greatly appreciated so um, I guess we'll close out with um, a bit more 8 music listen to this <laughs>